Hello and welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe. Hey, Jonathan, how's it going? Uh, pretty good. I, I'm feeling inaugurated. Well, I'm not inaugurated, but I, you get my point. It was an inaugural week. Yes, it was. That's the way And to you say were here. It. I got to see I you. I was. I was. You, yep. You came we into were... town. Right. So last week we were recording. I was already in town, was here for the Baptist Communicators right. Association, or was there. I'm back in North Carolina now, uh, for the Baptist Communicators Association officers meeting and fall forum, which, which went great when we recorded. We hadn't done the fall forum yet. We did. And that was a really fun. We talked about podcasting. So I had a wonderful time at that. It was great. It, it really, really was good. And, um, so there are four different sessions and uh, it was fun doing it in the studio with people live, but then it broadcasting to communicators everywhere in our Baptist family. So really fun. And then we shared that on our Facebook page, by the way. So yeah. if people want to go see us talk about podcasting and answer questions, thanks to Margaret Colson. For the invite on that, yes, by the way. it was a lot of fun. So we did that, and then uh, then the Whitfields stuck around for the executive committee meeting. Keith had some meetings in conjunction with that, and we spent some time with the Dew family, the Dew crew up from New Orleans, showing them around Nashville. So it was a lot of fun. Yes, it was. Absolutely. We had a, a great time uh, at the inaugural. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about that in just a minute, as well as the EC meeting, and Always good to see friends from around the country. Got to chat with people and catch up with people that we don't get to see very often. Get to see them, you know, two or three times a year, SPC, and then a couple of these uh, these executive committee meetings. But it's always fun to, to catch up with folks and, and see people. And uh, it's, it's just good to hear about the great things that are going on at our different entities and around our states here in the SBC. Yeah. All right, Amy, let's jump into the news this week. We've mentioned it already Monday night, the inauguration service for Dr. Ronnie Floyd as the new president and CEO of the Southern Baptist Convention Executive Committee. This was kind of the major event of the week. It really was. There there were some items of business and some reports, which we'll get to in a few minutes. But the big event was that inauguration service on Monday night at First Baptist Nashville, which is a beautiful sanctuary. Yes. That's the first time I've been in there. I have been in there a couple of times. Last time was for a wedding uh, several years back, but really, really just a gorgeous sanctuary. And so the worship at that service was phenomenal. Really. Oh, it was. Um, Julio Areola was phenomenal. Yeah. I told Keith, this is like a who's who of Baptist life in here. Um just tons of, of different people had all come to Nashville, but really all the speakers from different walks of Baptist life or from Dr. Floyd's ministry reflecting on him and, and what he's meant to them or what they anticipate from him or reflecting on Baptist life and sort of what we need going forward. Kay Marshall Williams, his presentation in that I thought was incredible, really calling us to unity. I loved that a lot. I loved what Kathy Litton had to say, sharing uh, things about her time at Cross Church, but then also some words about the participation of women in convention life. And that was really exciting and inspiring. Yeah, I, we were sitting in different parts of the sanctuary when she went into that. I, I was like, I bet Amy's smiling right now. Yeah. So it, it was really good. And and then Dr. Floyd got up at the end and, you know, kind of issued this clarion call. And, you know, we, we ended in prayer, uh, of course. I mean, how else would we end, you know? 
Uh, and that was a, a fantastic little ending there at the service. Just a great night all around. Uh, great reception, great dinner beforehand. It was it was just a fun night. It was just neat to see people, right. neat to hear from people. Saw some some friends of the pod, as you could say. Yeah. Uh, in there, and uh, a photo of the night goes to Jason Ducing. That for was his a black great, and white photo. Yes. Oh man, that was amazing. So great picture. We, we tweeted that out of our account as well. So you mentioned the dinner. And the dinner was, was something, you know, the inaugural was open to the public, but uh, the service was. But the dinner was something for, I think, probably executive committee members, entity heads, you know, di- different people. Yeah, EC staff, yeah. Right, EC staff. So that was kind of a smaller group. So Keith and I, we just went to the service. And so I would imagine that you that the dinner was a great experience. If I couldn't be there, I was at the second best place for me. And where was that? My husband took me on a date to Oscar's Taco on oh, Church Street. Big spender. Which which has my favorite shrimp taco in all the world. So if I couldn't be down there at the dinner, I was getting a shrimp taco up the street, counter service, best tacos that I love and miss very much. So that's what I did for dinner. And it was fantastic. Yeah. Well, I was I was at the dinner. EC yes. staff part, you know. Yes. So but yeah, it was it was great. So Monday night, so we had, you know, EC meetings, usually a Monday night plenary, Tuesday plenary, that kind of thing. But because of the inauguration, all the plenary was on Tuesday. So we had committee meetings on Monday and our work group meetings, I guess, on Monday, committee meetings on Tuesday with a plenary that morning. And like you said, a few items of business. And we also had a presentation from Dr. Floyd. He gave a kind of state of the SPC vision Kind of presentation, right, which is a little Jay, different. The yeah. the one the thing at then the from ina- the inauguration, yes, right. The inauguration was more of an overarching vision casting of who we should strive to be, and then the presentation at the meeting kind of got into some tangible goals. Yeah, the nuts and bolts of where he wants to see the executive committee go. Right, and, and then Dr. Greer, SPC president, also gave a report there, and we got. Uh, reports from a lot of the new entity heads. Well, actually, all the entity heads, uh, right. except for one. Jeff Orge was unable to attend on Tuesday because of some scheduling conflicts. But uh, we got entity reports from everyone else, including the the new entity heads. So there's a good little wrap-up in that. So got to see Dr. Dew, Dr. Greenway, Paul Chitwood, as well as Ben Mandrell. So yes. great reports from all four of those. And uh, Ben Mandrell presented checks, too the IMB and the he North did. American Mission Board, uh, the missions offerings that they take up every year at Lifeway. So those are, it's always a special moment because uh, you see the generosity being and stewardship being built up in the student camps in the summer. Lifeway doing a good job of building up that and, and kind of explaining how they can be involved in missions through those missions offerings. So that was a neat time. And uh, we got links to all these. And then we also had the business, Amy, that we talked about. So a few items of business, that were covered at the meeting. Yeah, they approved a referral about modernizing the nomination process for committees and boards. So that's posting on SBC.net. Also adding a day of prayer for the persecuted church that they will recommend to the SBC calendar of activities. They also approved a dishonesty, fraud, and whistleblower protection policy. And so the named the chief compliance officer as Bill Towns, who's the vice president for convention finance. And so he would investigate any reports and advise the EC president or the chair of the EC audit work group as necessary. So that's just uh, something that I think is good business practice. So they approved yeah. that as well. And also approved a detailed EC and SBC operating budget. 
of $7.866 million. So those were the things that they, uh, those were kind of the items of action that they approved. A few referrals that they declined. Can you talk about those? Yeah, the first one was a, a referral to study the biblical position of a woman serving as SPC president. Basically said that the messengers are capable of expressing their opinion on this through nominating and voting. So if they don't want a woman to serve as SPC president, then A, don't nominate or vote for. Right. That's basically what they're saying. And then they also just declined a referral to study the feasibility of distance voting. That seems to come up every year. It's declined every year, it seems. And then also the decline to establish a plan to help churches conduct or procure their own investigations of reported sexual abuse, leaving those investigations to the appropriate law enforcement officers. Right. And, and let's, let's just unpack that for a second. So they, they recommended that churches use resources that are provided through, you know, from the SBC for state conventions, local associations, things like that, insurance providers. They also recommended the Caring Well Initiative uh, at caringwell.com. So they wanted to use that response to encourage churches to go to the resources that are available, but that when it comes to investigating, that we don't need to establish a plan that helps them conduct their own investigations that appropriate law enforcement officers need to do that. Yes, absolutely. Turn those over to the agencies that are responsible for that instead of doing that internally or something that's denominationally driven. And then finally, there were three resolutions of appreciation, one for Augie Boto, one for Jim Futrell, who retired as the uh, Mississippi Baptist Executive Director, and then one for Garvin Golden, who we mentioned recently has retired from the Dakota Baptists. Yeah, and just a, a word on this. I was in the communications work group for this deliberation, and as part of it, you know, these resolutions were read uh-huh. out loud, and yep. I was in there when you got called on to read one of them out loud. You did a great job. Well, thank you. I should have made you read one. I should have just pulled somebody from the gallery randomly Yeah, <laughs> and made I mean, you read one. Yeah, I mean, people from the gallery can. We got to introduce ourselves. You could have, but I, I think it, you did a fantastic job. I was, you know. It was a great, great first meeting for you. Yes, it was. It was It was kind of different being on the table instead of in the gallery. Right, right. You're usually sitting back there with the rest of us. But. I walked in at one point and sat down at the table and a, the chairman looked at me like, what are you doing? And then he realized my name tag and was like, oh, I haven't met this guy yet. Yeah. So it was pretty funny. Yeah. So that was neat. But anyway, so yeah, good meeting. Uh, I had a great time. Uh, first meeting that I, I've been in that position, so... That uh, was a little different, Amy, being up there. And I will say, I can speak from experience now, the, the chairs that the executive committee members sit in are much more comfortable than the chairs that the gallery sits in in the uh, the plenary session. Well, I, I, would, not, I would not know. I would not know. But um, to look at it, I, I believe that. So. Yes. Yeah, I can confirm that. And we, we did live tweet the plenary as well as the inauguration service on the executive committee handle. So you could follow that as at SBCExecCom. So that is available on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. So we fired those up, got those going this week and doing a lot of uh, more digital media stuff over there at the executive committee. But this is not the only trustee report we have. The ERLC last week met and we got their trustee report after we had recorded last week. So uh, we have the report this week from the ERLC trustee meeting. Yes. So the, the big headline was that they gave some awards out. They unanimously ratified Rachel Denhollander for the Distinguished Service Award. 
and uh, Senator James Lankford of Oklahoma for the Religious Liberty Award. So uh, those are two names that I think, particularly over the past couple of years, are uh, recognizable to everyone. Um, Den Hollander, a lawyer, advocate, and abuse survivor, just had a book come out that I had as my resource of the week. And then James Lankford, um, longtime Southern Baptist, who it has uh, done a lot for religious liberty, including sponsorship of two bills, the Conscience Protection Act and the Lesson Impediments from Taxes Act. So he's done some things in the Senate standing for religious liberty. Um, other things that the trustees did were endorsed responses to motions at the uh, SBC annual meeting regarding sexual abuse, birth control, and marriage and sexuality. They also approved a... Um, operating budget of $4.3 million and then elected a new slate of officers. So David Prince is now the chair of that trustee board, um, as well as uh, Lori Bova from Hobbs, New Mexico, vice chairman and Ron Harvey from Pompano Beach as secretary. All right. Very cool. And Amy, uh, apparently you guys uh, did a little dedicating this week. We did. We did. So we dedicated the George Braswell Missions and World Religions Library. Uh, George Braswell is our emeritus professor of missions and world religion. And he and his wife served as the first Southern Baptist missionaries to Iran from 1968 to 1974. And so he has a huge library of missions books, as well as some other things, some memorabilia from his time in Iran and his study of Islam in his kind of role as world religion professor. So what we've done is that these are actually um, officially kind of registered in our library, but they're, they're in a special room over in the Center for Great Commission Studies, along with some of the just items that are on display there. So they're actually in the Sam James room, which is uh, named after Sam James, who was a, a missionary to Vietnam, very respected over there. And so then the George Braswell Library is in there. Uh, so it's kind of a big day dedicating that and the, the Braswells getting to to see all of it. So the story is there at Baptist Press. All right. More news from Southeastern. Yes. Good friend of the pod, Chuck Lawless, named yes. to the Richard and Gina Hedrick Chair of World Missions. Yes. And George Robinson, who we talk about Pretty much every year at Halloween, correct uh, was named to the Bailey Smith Chair of Evangelism. The Hedricks were at Chapel where the installation was happening, as well as one of Bailey Smith's sons there, and it was just a great, really great day as they were installed in those endowed chairs. Those were our two original faculty endowed chairs, the first ones. So very special right. to have them in them. Some news from New Orleans. They have signed a couple of partnership agreements, one at Louisiana College, another at the University of Mobile. So it looks like New Orleans Seminary and Louisiana College have signed an agreement that allows Louisiana College Christian Studies majors to apply part of their coursework to the accelerated MDiv at New Orleans Seminary. So that mm -hmm. just allows them to kind of go right in and kind of have some things under their belt already as they begin. And then in 
sort of a similar thing, they will do an accelerated BAM Div program through a partnership with the University of Mobile. So they would work at both institutions and then there would be some, a student would, would have some of their courses would go toward their BA and their MDiv would be able to kind of transfer in. So that's up to 29 hours of graduate level courses taken in the University of Mobile School of Christian Studies could transfer in to the MDiv. So a couple of partnerships with those schools, you know, obviously Louisiana College there in the state, University of Mobile, just a couple of hours away and great opportunity for those students to go ahead and get their seminary degree. Yeah. And speaking of partnerships, the Filipino Baptists have signed a covenant with the International Mission Board. They did this last month. We just have a report on it now. Uh, but uh, they're basically one sending body is the uh, the name of this agreement. But uh, 200 pastors and church leaders from five different Filipino Baptist conventions gathered for this Congress uh, and said that they're going to, you know, the, they have 21 missionaries going out from the Philippines to other places. So uh, they're going to team and train together with the IMB. So uh, the IMB missionary teams are prepared to receive Filipino missionaries to help them go along and, and train them as well. So uh, the, the first training program is scheduled for the year 2020 out in April. So just a few months away, churches here in the States, Brentwood Baptist, right down the road from me, has already committed to that. And Scott Harris, who's uh, the missions pastor, former IMB chairman, also has helped lead a session during the Congress to help how best to mobilize local churches there in the Philippines. So some neat partnerships going on around in the SBC, but some also some sad news from the IMB, Amy. Laverne Brown, who is an IMB missionary with the uh, Sub-Saharan African Affinity Peoples in Africa and Europe, uh, died from cancer. She was 48 years old. This was on September 12th. She first went to West Africa in 2003 on a three-year assignment to teach, just to teach missionary kids. But she returned in 2007 to work among a large unreached people group in rural West Africa and then went to Europe where she joined the work among the sub-Saharan African diaspora in France. And uh, so this is a, a big loss to that affinity group and the entire International Mission Board family. Um, the obituary is in Baptist Press. We've got that in the show notes, but our condolences to Laverne Brown's family, as well as to those who worked with her at the IMB. We're just grateful for her service. Yes, absolutely. We are grateful for her service and uh, the other 3,700 and change uh, international missionaries that we have across the world. And and the, the the hundreds and hundreds who have returned from service, uh, and, and you know come back stateside. So uh, thankful for all of our missionaries. Amy, there's a missionary sending service. We'll talk a little bit more about that a little bit later in our resources. Uh, but there's one of those coming up. But before we get to that, my favorite part of the week this week in SBC history. Amy, blow our minds. All right, so we're going to look at 1970, and it was the Baptist Press issue of September 17th that announced Grady Cawthon had been elected president of New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary, effective immediately. So you were talking about we had new entity heads giving reports um, and a new president of the executive committee giving a report. Well, um, Grady Cawthon, who I didn't realize had been president of Oklahoma Baptist University, 
then went on to be president of New Orleans Baptist. He had also been executive secretary of the Southern Baptist General Convention of Florida and uh, had just done had done a lot throughout. But I have heard that name uh, quite a bit when I would look and when I look in SBC history, he was first vice president of the SBC in 62. He had preached the convention sermon. And so he became president of the New Orleans Seminary. Now, this was in 1970. He went on uh, after four years at New Orleans Seminary. He went on in 1975 to become president of the Southern Baptist Sunday School Board which he did until 1984. So quite the involved Southern Baptists and then certainly involved in history in the 70s and 80s when uh, in the in the conservative resurgence, certainly part of that story as well. But he became president of New Orleans Seminary this week in SBC history. Absolutely. All yes. right. Well, that, that's kind of neat. So yeah. Uh, now, Brady Cousin me- popping up. Yeah. Now let me he show you. Just passed away just recently, like a couple of years yes. ago. Yeah, he did. So one uh, other story in this issue that I saw, which was just really funny to me. I love these kind of side stories that are just random. It talked about um, a student at Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary that had lived in. Um, he was a superintendent of missions from Albany, Ohio. His name was Robert E. Hall. Had five children went back to their home in Ohio and the next family that lived in the same uh, residence at on campus at Southwestern was the Robert J. Hall family, missionaries on furlough from Nigeria with five children. So uh, that was kind of a funny story in Baptist Press. Two families, Rob, the Robert Hall family, back to back in campus housing at Southwestern. Wonder if that's ever happened before. Well, I bet they got each other's mail. I bet they did. I bet they did. So, yeah. Fascinating. All right. Well, that's going to bring us to our resources of the week. Amy, your resource of the week is? Mine is something that I saw this week for the first time because Ben Mandrell brought it to his uh, presentation to the executive committee. Looked really nice, too. Yeah. It's the CSB Legacy Note-Taking Bible. And right now you can just pre-order it. So he he had the prototype and was actually able to kind of show it to everyone. It is a note-taking Bible, which is, is something we've seen before, but it's really done for uh, an opportunity to record legacy notes. So like parents or grandparents can do their devotion and write things uh, in the margin. It's a really, really beautiful Bible, um, very nicely made. The, it's a leather touch and he, you know, opened it up and kind of laid it open. It lays out, lays out really well. And so then parents or grandparents can highlight certain things and then one day pass it on to their children or grandchildren. Uh, so I really liked that concept and may have to get one, uh, for, uh, may have to get two that we could pass yeah. on one day. Well, so, you, only, you only got a few years, so you're going to have to read quickly. I know, right? It's really cool. Yeah. So, all right, my resource of the week, we kind of hinted at it earlier, is the IMB sending service that's coming up this Wednesday night, September the 25th at 7 p.m. Eastern. It's being held in Virginia out there near the IMB training areas. So uh, that will be live streamed on Facebook as well as their Twitter accounts. You can see more information at the IMB. We'll, we'll link to the uh, the information there that they have posted but uh, there's, you know, always great to watch the sending ceremonies. We see it every year at the annual meeting. If you don't have Wednesday night services 
at your own church. Maybe you can fire this up and watch it live from Virginia as we send out a new crop of Southern Baptist missionaries to the nations. Yes, um, I hope I'll get a chance to watch that. Um, if n- uh, if I can't in that moment, usually you can watch the replay, yeah, so everybody true. ought that's to true. be able to. So yep. I, I don't have a Wednesday night thing this week. We have kind of a break this week in our Wednesday night. We have our big missions thing the next week. Right. But uh, Micah Free is coming into town, by the way, for that. That'll be kind of neat. I, might, I think cool. we're live streaming that too, so I have to check that out. But So folks can watch that maybe the week after. But our Wednesday night's kind of a little different this week, so maybe I'll get a chance to watch it because it's 6 o'clock Central Time. So I won't have anything from 6 to 7, so I can maybe watch it. All right. Very cool. All right. Well, that's neat. So that's our stories this week. And, uh, you know, another, like we said, another great week for Southern Baptists. Uh, the, the inauguration of Ronnie Floyd, just a, a fun event. Uh, kind of one of the highlights of 2019 for me. Uh, it, not just being a part of it, but just the, the service itself. It was phenomenal. So speaking of live stream, we did live stream the, the inauguration service. You can go back and watch that. The music was spectacular, just a great time, and uh, just some great talks like you mentioned in your recap of that. So if you haven't had a chance to check that out, go do that. Yes, definitely, definitely do that. K. Marshall Williams. Um, oh, man. Don't, don't miss that. Yeah, don't miss no. that. So next week, I will be in Kansas City, Amy, for the, for the church conference on the campus of Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. You had preview day this week. And I know you got a lot going on. You got trustee meeting in just a few weeks up there right. at Southeastern. In two weeks, Amy, you and I will both be in Dallas at the yes. Caring Well Conference. So right. that's going on too. So uh, going to be a busy few weeks here with state conventions starting. I've got to head to a couple of those. And you've got things going on at Southeastern. And yes. we'll both be at the Caring Well Conference. So going to be some big times. It definitely will. Definitely will. So if you're at For the Church next week in Ben Western, be sure to say hello. I would love to meet you if you're at the For the Church conference next week. But Amy, I'll see you next week. See you next week.